Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. Allow us to bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this last week here at Villas Grace as we celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ, as we reflected upon the reality that Jesus left heaven and took on human form in order to go to a cross and die, be buried and resurrected for our sinfulness. Lord, I pray as a church that we can be a family, a body of believers who can share that truth with our Villa's community. We pray these things in Jesus' name who allows all this to be possible. Amen. We are right smack dab in the middle of our Villa's Grace Values series. We're taking a break from going through book by book, verse by verse through the Bible. We are covering the seven core values that comprise the foundation of this church. We have seven core values that we say this is our foundation. This is what we want to build upon. The core values of Villa's Grace. These core values also represent what we would be teaching somebody who would want to come to our church and say, I want to become a partner with Villa's Grace. In the past, we called it membership. Going forward, we're going to call this partnership. Those who want to become partners with Villa's Grace will go through these seven core values in a three-class-like session. And at the end of this series, we will provide an opportunity for you to not only sit through, like you are currently, the preaching through the core values of Villa's Grace, but to then be able to sit in a classroom setting and study these things better, because what we want is to be a body of believers locally here who knows why we believe what we believe, why we are doing what we are doing. Some people would say a good habit is hard to establish, but very easy to break. A bad habit is easy to establish and hard to break. See, studies theorize that the brain, our brains, work on a trigger and rewards basis. What that means is this. In theory, it's easy to fall into a routine, but hard to resist the rewards, whether they're healthy or unhealthy. What's that one bad habit that comes to mind with everybody? There's that, that one bad habit that we always think of. Smoking, yeah. Don't we? we? We think smoking's that one bad habit. It's so hard to give up, and it's probably because smoking is so public. Nowadays, it's widely known to cause all different types of diseases. In certain countries, it plain flat out spells on the box of cigarettes, smoking kills. But nobody ever talks about how it cures salmon. 
you, you smoke your salmon, don't you? I mean, you guys are so fixated on the negative aspects of smoking, you don't even get the simple joke. I know Roger did over here. He, he, can, he can work a smoker. See, there you go. We have an expert. But forget about smoking. Let's face it. We all have some bad habits, don't we? Some of us have been trying for years to give up some particular vices. Some of our vices are well known to others. Some of our vices aren't so well known. Sometimes we take one step forward then take two steps back. Sometimes some of us have been in situations where we took a thousand steps forward just to take two thousand steps back. Allow me to ask you a question. When is it the best time for us to establish a good habit? When do you think the best time in life it is to establish a good habit? See, it's never too late to establish one, but wouldn't you say that the best time to do so is when you're young? When maybe you're a child? Parents, what does that indicate for you? Grandparents, what does that indicate for you? Church, what does that mean for us? As we sit here this morning, we have some students among us. We have a very young child among us, but the rest of our children are in another building behind us. What does that mean for us as it pertains to them? I think this means that we need to invest in the proper training for our children and our students. As a church, we need to establish good biblical habits in our children and students. The type of habits that can never be broken. The type of habits that can never be broken. And how do we know that they can never be broken? Contrary to what we said at the beginning... We know that they can never be broken because the Bible tells us so. Which brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. Committed to children and students, Villa's Grace Value, number four of seven. Last time, Pastor Jared walked us through how we make followers of Jesus. That is our third core value here at Villa's Grace. We want to make followers of Jesus who make followers of Jesus. We learn that we seek to do this just like Jesus made followers of himself. The formula has not changed. We seek to make followers of him through discipleship. We want to make followers of Jesus who make followers of Jesus, and we want to know that. When somebody asks you what your church is about, you can say, we make followers of Jesus who make followers of Jesus, and every seven of our core values has everything to do with that. All seven of our core values has everything to do with building relationships that make followers of Jesus. This is precisely why we say we want to know, grow, and go. We want to know Him, we want to grow in Him, and we want to go with Him. Today we're going to talk about how we aim to do this with our children and students. 
We're looking at one verse this morning, so please open your Bibles. There are Bibles in front of you, underneath the chair in front of you. The verse will be on the screen this morning. We're just looking at one simple verse. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 22, specifically dissecting verse 6. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Amen. When we look at this one sentence, we want to throw it into these multiple sentences, but we want to break it down like this. And this has everything to do with our core value. We are, Villa's Grace, we are fully committed to our children and students as it pertains to their future. By training them in the gospel today, we're preparing them to lead in the advancement of God's kingdom tomorrow. We are fully committed to our children and students as it pertains to their future. As it pertains to their future. But we're training them in the gospel today so they can advance God's kingdom tomorrow. We take our children, and our students very seriously here at Villa's Grace. But we need to ask a question then of this verse. The question is this. Why are we so invested in our children and students? We say we take, the, take them seriously, but why are we so invested? Well, the answer is our children and students who are trained in the gospel today will lead in sharing the truth tomorrow. Our children and students are going to be the ones who share the truth of Jesus Christ in our Villas community going forward. They are the future. Now, many of you would agree that we have a lot of snowbirds here in the state of Florida. In fact, you could probably say we have millions of snowbirds. Ever get behind somebody? on the road and they're not making the right turns and they're driving slow and then you see their license plate and you realize that they're an out-of-towner? How, how well do you think the navigation is for those out-of-towners coming here to the state of Florida, especially an area like Fort Myers that's continuing to grow? They come down here one year, then the next year the road that wasn't there is now there or it's named differently or heading in a different direction. And speaking of directions, one day this elderly gentleman who was a snowbird had nothing to do with the fact that he was elderly. It had everything to do with the fact that he was probably just a snowbird. Was going down 75. His wife had heard on Wink News that there was one car heading north in the southbound lane. So she picked up her mobile phone and called him to warn him about the one lone car heading the wrong way. He said back to her, Dear, it's not that there's just one car heading the wrong way. There's thousands of cars heading the wrong way. We know that's true, right, here? As far as the path of salvation is concerned, there is a right way and a wrong way. Church, we need to start training our children and youth now, we need to train them to head in the only right way. Let's look at the first part of verse 6 again. Train up a child in the way 
he should go. Train up a child in the way he should go. In English, we typically do not say train up, do we? So the logical question is, what's another way of saying the same thing? We see it like this translated in the text this morning, but a logical way of saying the exact same thing would be teach or provide training. We could say teach your child in the way they should go or provide training in the way in which they should go. See, I'm fortunate that my parents made Sunday morning church a priority. Parents, I'm observing you do the same with your children and your students. Sunday a.m. church is a priority. Grandparents, I'm watching you here at Villa's Grace make sure that Sunday morning church is a priority. Children and students benefit when they see leadership in their household that closely making something a priority. Church, Villa's Grace will be a place to train up our children, a place to train up our students. We're thankful for the many volunteers in our children's ministry. We're thankful for the providing of an atmosphere that they provide so we can train up a child. Why is it important that we train up a child? See, it's important because there's only one direction to travel in the southbound lane on 75. That's why it's important. We're looking at the first part of verse 6. Do you recognize what the end of the first part says? The end says, in the way he should go. We have an obligation to train up a child in the way he should go. Where is the way he should go? When we look at this, we can ask that question, where is the way in which he should go? Or what do we train up a child in is another question we could ask. What is it that we're going to train a child up in? See, first, a child should always be heading in the direction of salvation. Some of you are asking, what does that mean? A child should always be heading in the direction of salvation? What that means is this, everything should be viewed through the eternal lens. Everything in life should be viewed through the lens that leads us to look at the situation as it pertains to eternity. And secondly, we train up a child in the good news of Jesus Christ. Together, we advance the good news of salvation. Together we advance towards Jesus Christ. We're committing to directing our children and students in the right direction. We're committed to directing our children and students in the only direction. Why is it so important that we do this with our children and students? See, the sooner a good habit begins in life, the harder it is to break later. That's why I'm thankful that my parents made Sunday morning church a priority. That's why I'm thankful when I see you parents and you grandparents doing the exact same for your children and your students. Sometimes it'd be a lot easier to 
go to Bedside Baptist, wouldn't it? But we're not Baptist. Our commitment to this core value has already reached beyond the walls of Villa's grace. This is why we're in Villa's elementary school one day per week sharing the good news of salvation. So how about the parents and grandparents who are not involved in our children's ministry? Let's face it, we're not a large church. We have volunteers for our children's and students' ministry, mainly our children's ministry at this point. But how about you that aren't actually involved, who do not volunteer your time in the building, the education building, or whatever we call it now, the daycare? You know what building I'm talking about. How about you parents and grandparents who are not involved in the Good News Club? Allow me to take a moment to encourage you. See, it doesn't matter that you're not directly involved in some of the direct ministries that we have currently. But what matters is this. You need to teach your children what you're learning about God's word. However, don't just teach it. Model it for them. Love your children according to Jesus. Discipline your children According to Jesus, love and discipline your children as it pertains to their future, not for this life alone, but for their life to come also. That's that eternal perspective. Some of you are thinking, though, to yourself right now, hey, I don't know enough about the Bible to be doing this. It sounds great that you're encouraging me to do this, but I don't know enough about the Bible. Well, allow me to ask you this question. What do you know? Do you know that you're sinful? Do you know that life is short? Do you know that one day you're going to eventually die? Do you know that Jesus is the only way to live forever? If your answer is yes, then listen to this. A recent adherent estimate says that you know more than 70% of the rest of the world. Only about 30% of the world's population claims to be Christian. And I would imagine the percentage of actual born-again Christians within that 30% is much lower. But if you know these things, if you know that you're sinful, if you know that life is short, if you know that you're going to one day eventually die, if you know that Jesus is the only way to live forever, Jesus is the only way for eternal salvation, then you know more than most. So don't sit there right now and say to yourself and doubt, hey, I don't know enough about the Bible. No. The Lord has given you an opportunity. You know who your children are. You know who the students are in your life, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren, whatever it may be. The one whom you believe in says this. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. The one whom you believe in also said this, train up a child in the way he should go. Church, let's guide our children and our students towards Jesus, which is why we're saying this as a church together this morning. 
Why our core value states we are fully committed to our children and students as it pertains to their future. By training them in the gospel today, we're preparing them to lead in the advancement of God's kingdom tomorrow. Our children and students are our future. It's why we're asking this question. Why are we so invested in our children and students? Well, it's because our children and students who are trained in the gospel today lead in sharing the truth tomorrow. Bon voyage is a French phrase that's been borrowed into English. The phrase means goodbye. Typically, the phrase is used when someone is leaving on a journey, when somebody's departing. Church, we're preparing some young humans, some almost ready-to-be adult humans, to head towards Jesus. What we don't want is a bunch of child sailors one day saying, Bon voyage, from that direction. We don't want them following in the direction of the 70% of the rest of the world. However, we know that if we train them in the way he should go, they will not depart from it. Our children will not say bon voyage from the good gospel habits we help them develop. And I'm not talking about today or even tomorrow. I'm talking next year, the year after, five years, ten years, 15 years, 20 years. Everything we're doing here today is for the future. And it starts with our children and it starts with our students. Let's look at the last half of verse 6 here. The last part of verse 6 says, Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. He will not say, Bon voyage. This is the positive consequence of the first part of verse 6. This is what happens when we train up a child in the way he should go. The way he should go is the direction we're sending them. The eternal direction that's actually guided by Jesus. And I know a few of you who are saying to yourself, I did train up my child in the way in which they should go, but they departed from it. Allow me to encourage you. Don't put words in their mouth. Don't act like they've said something that they haven't said. Don't act like they've already said bon voyage. Even if they're now adult age, you can still pray for them. Don't act like they've already embarked on a journey abandoning a ship that they'd never even boarded to begin with. I'm begging you to pray for them no matter how old they are. Because I'm beginning to learn as a young father that, you know what? I'm probably never going to stop worrying about my children. And I know you, and you know who you are, already have learned that lesson. Many of us here have adult children who could care less about walking with Jesus. However, this doesn't mean that the Lord is finished with them yet. Church, our conviction is that we begin this process as early as possible. 
It doesn't mean we're going to be 100% successful. And if we think we're going to be 100% successful, we're fooling ourselves. But the earlier we start, the less will slip through the cracks. We want our children and students to learn early how to be all about building relationships that make followers of Jesus. First, how do we prepare our children to share the gospel? Let's just focus on our children. How do we prepare them to share the gospel? Well, as a church, we want to teach biblical truths that are universally relatable to children. That's what's happening right now. Our volunteers working with our children as I'm speaking are doing just that. Because they understand and we understand together that Bible knowledge is not enough. What we want our children to learn to do is how to apply what they know. When our children gather here on Sunday morning, we want them to encounter a community of fellowship that's different from the community that they experience in their public school. Our goal is to display unity, the only kind found in the family of Jesus. Why? Because they'll never want to say bon voyage to this one and only unique experience. They'll never want to depart from it, as the Bible says. We want our children to take Jesus to places we could never reach ourselves. We want our children to take Jesus back to their classroom, to their lunchroom, to the playground, to the Little League diamond. Those are places that we can't go together, but if we can train them here, they can go there for us. Secondly, how do we do this with our students? And notice, we're calling our students students, so we're not calling them youth. There's a reason for that. That's strategic. That's on purpose. We're calling our students students and not youth because we're all students. You, you hit that age where you're stepping into adulthood. Yeah, we could get away with calling them youth, but I feel like I don't want to put them on that level I want to respect our students a little bit more because I'm still a student. I still have a lot to learn. I still have yet to arrive, and I'm starting to really grasp the concept that I probably never will. See, our children are elementary age, and our students are middle school on up. So how do we do this with our students? Like our children, our students will be taught the Bible in a way that they will be encouraged to live it out. That's why if you're not volunteering, it's okay. But the children and students that the Lord has put into your life that you have a personal relationship with, that's why you can teach them what you know about God's word, what you're learning. Teach them as you learn. Model out what you know of the Bible. And let's face it, our students are probably the most susceptible to the negative influences of the world, aren't they? What we now see as foolish, we once saw as being hip. What students now see as being hip, they will one day as, see as being foolish. Imagine if they saw the foolishness of the world now. Imagine if what they thought was hip was actually revealed to them at a young age as a young student as being foolish. 
Imagine the impact that would have on their lives. Only the gospel can do that. Like our children, they can take Jesus to places we could never reach. We want to provide opportunities for our students. We want to give them opportunities to lead. We want our students to gain experience doing ministry. And do not forget that ministry really just means service. We want our children and students, but specifically our students as they grow older, to have opportunities to serve right here at Villa's Grace. We want to treat our students like we're developing the future leaders of the church. Because we never know who's going to be the next leader of this flock. We never know. That's why we want to treat each one like they could be. We want to treat each student here at Villa's Grace like they are a potential candidate to lead this church into the future. And that's exactly what we want to be. We want to be a church that's always looking towards the future. We want to be a church that always has the eternal perspective. We don't want to be stuck in the past. We don't want to be stuck in the present. We want to be looking forward towards the future. Now, I want to have Mike come up here, and I want to share with you as we wrap up this morning I know that kind of seems odd to some of us. We've made some changes. There's some ministries that we've cut out here at Villa's Grace. There's some ministries that we're beginning to add. There's some things that we've done differently. But what we want to be is a church that is proactive, not reactive. We don't want to be a church that's reacting to the situation around us. We want to be a church that's looking off into the future being proactive, saying, we want to reach Jesus as we move forward. We may not know what that looks like, but we want to make decisions that puts us in the best position possible to do so going forward. Because sometimes when you're reactive, you're so busy trying to keep up that you lose focus on doing just that. We've changed some things up. Our students no longer meet here on Wednesday evenings. We're thankful that Pastor Steve and Miss Hallie have taken them on Monday evenings. But we haven't done this to take away from them. We've made decisions that we've made in order to make decisions for the future of this church as we head forward. But as we head forward, no matter what decision that we make, we have to keep this in mind. Sometimes we're not just making decisions for today. We're making decisions for the future. Our future are our children. Our future of this church are our students. That's why we are fully committed to our children and our students as it pertains to their future, but not just their future alone. Because we understand by training them in the gospel today, we're preparing them to lead in the advancement of God's kingdom for tomorrow. It's the reason why we ask this question. Why are we so invested in our children and students? We are so invested in our children and students because our children and students who are trained in the gospel today will lead in sharing the gospel tomorrow. We all have a window. We all have a window of effectiveness. And we need to prepare those coming in behind us to take over when we're no longer as effective as we once were. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for your work. Thank you for the physical work that we've seen you doing here at Villa's Grace. Thank you for the spiritual realities that have come forward because of what you are doing. I pray that we can be a church that continues to learn how to take our children and our students seriously all the way to the point that we're doing things that prepare them for the future so they can be the ones that carry this gospel message forward. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.